Welcome to episode 229, Healthy Leaders Beget Healthy Churches. And maybe you've noticed that your fuse is shorter than it used to be. This and other red flags to pay attention to today on The Reclaimed Leader. Welcome to The Reclaimed Leader, a podcast by two pastors trying to lead their churches through revitalization and change. Their mission, to share their journey with you so it might help you in yours. And now, here, please welcome our hosts, Jason Tucker and Jesse Skiffington. Hey, everyone, welcome to episode 229 of the Reclaim Leader, equipping churches for turnaround change. I'm Jason Tucker here again with Jesse Skiffington. How's it going, Jesse? Jason, I'm here. I'm here. We're working hard. We're doing the things that we do as leaders in the church. And uh, really, uh, no, it's a good season and we're all cranking away. We were talking about the last couple of weeks and just in our conversations, how it's kind of like we've gone from 25, 30 miles an hour on a country road. We've sort of got used to life in the pandemic and, and all that. And now we're merging back onto the freeway and man's picking up speed. We've got kids sports going. We've got church reopening and all the activities and groups wanting to meet and do all that stuff. So it's a little bit jarring and it may, if, if we're willing to, to look at how we're doing as leaders, it may um, reveal some cracks or some, some fatigue that's under in, in there, or maybe underlying fatigue that's going on. And so we just want to talk today about what some of the warning signs of that might be, or ways that you can kind of notice, Hey, I'm, I'm having a hard go right here. I need to stop and pay attention. Yeah, and it's so important right now because as things are opening up, and we talked about this, oh my gosh, this was like back in episode 184, we were talking about post-pandemic busyness when back when we thought it was ending. And um, But I think a lot of those insights really, really ring true that just because the world's opening up again doesn't mean that we are emotionally and spiritually even ready for it because we might not be in a good, good place. And so, I, you know, again, the key to to health is awareness. This is true, whether you're a church and you're going through a church consultation, you know, uh, the first step in a consultation is awareness. How are things really? And again, a self-check for pastors and leaders on like, how are things really is the only way that we are as healthy as God wants us to be for such a time as this. And so today we're talking about some red flags in leadership that should get your attention because it means that maybe something's not really calibrated right, or maybe that the chemistry is just a little bit off. Yeah. And we're, we're always talking about how leaders need to deal in, with things as they actually are, not as we wish they were, or and we're, we're naming reality and facing it head on, that kind of thing. And when we're talking about leadership, one of the core principles that I know you and I believe in, but also sometimes struggle with is this idea of leadership begins with, with myself. Self-leadership is the, you know, the first step for, for leaders. And so the same things that we would apply to our organization sometimes need to be applied to ourselves. We need to name reality, face it head on. And so these red flags can, can help us do that. Maybe they go, oh yeah, that, that is something that's going on. I need to stop and take a look at that. And uh, I, I got to quit avoiding it, quit pretending it's not true. Let's, let's deal with it. Let's get it, let's get it out in the open. Well, I think for a lot of pastors too, is like, we're afraid to even acknowledge what the truth is because we're, because I don't know if I really want to know the answer to this question, <laughs> right? That's right? true. Yeah. Like yeah, I'd so rather true. just keep plugging away and put my head down and figure yeah. it out. But in the end, yeah. of course, it's very destructive. 
to right. and and there are times when you just got to put your head down and go i get <laughs> yeah. it. i mean you know and and not every time is the right time for introspection and you know self reflection and all that and it needs to be done so especially as things are cranking up as things are starting to fly along again it, it's important that we talk stop and take stock of some of these things so um Let's just look at some of these red flags, Jason, and talk about them and maybe some of the ways that we look for those in our own um, approach to leadership. And then what are some things we can do in, if we notice those things? Yeah. So the first one for me, this is usually a big indicator that something's off, that I am either really fatigued or I'm not in a great place spiritually, emotionally, or just even physically just being tired. And that is when I feel personally wounded when people are unhappy in the church, whether they're unhappy over a decision that we made as leadership, or they've expressed something to me in an email where I then take that as a personal wound instead of, you know, whatever the actual issue is. Mm-hmm. And that that's usually, that's a telltale. That's a red flag going up for me that, okay, dude, like just take a step back. It's not all about you. Right. And you, you need to just pay attention that you're feeling this way. Something's up. Yeah, when your first posture is defense mode, or yeah, I, this hurts, or how how could you think this about me or something like that's hey, pay attention, stop and pay attention. Something's going on here because now we've talked a lot about how leadership comes with suffering. You know, we get scars, we get we get pummeled for reasons that are not appropriate, and sometimes people are just out to they are out to wound us. And so, you know, I think what I hear you saying though, is when something that is not, doesn't arrive at that level of like really deep personal attack, but it's more of like either a criticism or a different way of seeing a situation. When those kinds of things start to get to us at the core, that might be a sign that we're tired or just need, need to kind of take a deep breath in our leadership. So you had some good examples, Jason, just of, you know, people that were doing something the right way, and you didn't respond, you didn't feel wounded by it. And it actually was, you took it as a healthy sign. So yeah, um, yeah, I thought it was a good example. Yeah. So a couple of years ago in the, in the height of the lockdown, um, something happened and I took, I took something somebody did incredibly hard hmm. and I, I knew I wasn't okay when that happened. And then recently, uh, this happened with two of our members in the last couple of weeks, they wrote a letter to session with, uh, for all the non Presbyterians, it's our, our elder board that makes most of the decisions in the church and a letter to the session explaining that they would like the leadership to consider a different decision on these two sort of ministry, uh, areas. And although the things in the letters, I, I wouldn't agree with, you know, I think they were based on some, you know, some incorrect assumptions, I was really happy with two things. One is that these folks who had something to say did it in the right process. It wasn't some weird sideways, passive aggressive, dysfunctional thing. It was through the exact right chain of command. You send your thoughts in a letter to the clerk of session. Session then said, hey, we're going to make it part of our agenda. We're going to talk about it. Person said, that sounds great. And we were able to have a really healthy discussion and then get back to the person. So, and then... I didn't take those letters personally. I wasn't personally wounded. And, and that made me think, wow, I'm in a much better place than I was a couple of years ago. Because if this would have happened in 2020, I, I would be a real mess. 
And I think that's an indicator that not yeah, all is it's well. just our reserves are down. We're worn yeah. out. We're tired. I, I mean, it's really good. So if that's someone noticing that red flag or I'm feeling more wounded by things that maybe shouldn't be rising to that level, but are for me right now, what do we do? How do we, what are some steps we can take to resolve that? Well, I think all of these things we're going to mention in some way or another are a fatigue symptom. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I think also, uh, also getting some counseling or, or also sort of maybe processing it with some colleagues, mm-hmm. I think is a way to disarm it and to get a little perspective. Because the key here is awareness. Because then when you become aware that you're taking things too hard, that's really the first step to kind of getting some distance from it. Yeah. And yeah. so I think talking it out, for me, talking at least that's out, something yep. that really helps. Just talking yeah. it out, whether it's counseling, whether it's colleagues, and then getting getting some space. Yeah. If you're having a hard time seeing it objectively, that's a time to bring in some other voices and, and and say, hey, am I am I making more out of this than I should be? Is this am I taking it more personally than they're intending here? Like, you know, I, some of those kinds of questions I think can help with that and go, okay, maybe I do, maybe there's something going on to me that needs to be addressed or dealt with. But sometimes just talking it through with someone you trust can be a big, a big help too. And if you need to vent a little bit that's a better environment to do it in than with your session or something like that in real time. Right. Yeah. And, and it doesn't mean you're never going to feel wounded when people, when detractors say something, because sometimes they might say something really messed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So it's not yeah. like you're never going to be wounded, but I yeah. think it's being able to acknowledge that like the level of my woundedness does not compute to the actual thing that was said. Yeah. Someone, yeah, the the the, rea- the response is not uh, equivalent to the yeah to the input or something like that. Yeah, I like it. So when you when you notice that that woundedness and you're really just raw and personal like that, it um, it's a sign that maybe there's something going on. Pay attention to that. Yeah, and so here's the second red flag is the level of conflict that's happening in your church. Now, I want to say this: it could be real conflict, or it could even be imagined conflict. So there are, fo- here's what I mean. Somebody will come up to you and be like, everybody's saying, right? <laughs> everybody's saying, everybody thinks you should do this. Oh, really? Everybody? Who exactly? Right. I love well, asking my, that question. Me and my, my wife, yeah. me and my wife, me and my small group, right? <laughs> me and, and my echo chamber, of right. my email account. Right, right, right. Um, but, you know, I think whether it's fake or it's real, in a way, it's the same problem. It means that there's a lack of communication coming from the top down in the organization. There's a lack of communication from the pastor. It's a red flag that there needs to be more communication because what's happening is people are making up their own story in the absence of your story. Yep. So it's to me, it's a sign of communication issues. So when these things come up, that's a red flag to say, hey, Maybe we didn't communicate as well as we thought we did in this particular area. Or even if we thought we communicated it to death, clearly it needs more. It needs something else. And so usually it's a communication gap. Yeah. And I think, you know, that it makes sense that this would happen in in an organization where uh, people have varying degrees of involvement, right? Some people are there every week. They heard your three sermons on this. Some people were gone those three weeks and they didn't get all the, you know, and so miscommunication is going to happen in the life of the church. And so how do we make sure that we're communicating over communicating and noticing if we need to revisit some of the reasoning or thinking behind things? And we've talked about this, but when most of the time, when someone can understand the thought process that went into a decision, even if they don't agree with it, at least they can go, okay, well, 
obviously you guys thought it through and you, you know, you kind of made a decision the right way. It's when they don't understand or haven't been uh, sort of involved in seeing how the communication or how we got to where we got some of that can happen. And so again, I think that the sermon time is a, is a important time to communicate. Of course, we're, we're opening up God's word. We're preaching a sermon, trying to be faithful, but it can also be a time where you just even take one or two minutes to bring up something in the life of the church and say, Hey, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page about this. And we're working on this project or this idea, or we made this decision and we're, we're excited about it. We think it's the right thing. Here's, here's what we're doing and why find a way to weave it in to that key communication time when your audience is going to be probably the biggest it's going to be from a communication standpoint. So Jim Mead used to always say, get it up and get it out. Uh, talk about it, talk about it some more, make sure people feel uh, heard, but also that they're, you know, they're getting communicated with as a communicator myself. One of the mistakes I make all the time is assuming that everybody else is clear about what I'm trying to say or (laughs) has thought about it as much as I have or whatever. And it's almost never the case. And so you just got to be patient and consistent with your communication. And so, and so what I'll do, so how this works in real time is usually like, if there's an issue of conflict in the church, I will not only talk to the people, but I will go to our session, our elder board and say, here's an area of conflict. This is what's going on. It's about this issue. And I'd love to just kind of bat it around and mm-hmm. talk about it a little bit and think about what are the different perspectives. And so, and then what this does is it invites people into the communication. Yep. And that's the thing that I have to do intentionally because my default is I'm very much, I'm going to go in a cave and pray to God and, and think about it. <laughs> and honestly, I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to process it with everybody, right. but in the end, uh, that makes for worse communication, right? I need yeah. spirits speaking through one another. And often. you got to be listening for those little pieces where you go, you know what? I, it feels like some, some folks are not quite understanding how we got to where we got, or there's a narrative that is not so healthy. That's running alongside a decision we made. And, and so want to get out in front of stuff, get it dealt with, name it. And, um, yeah, do it in your leadership circles, go directly to people. And, uh, those are good things. So when we notice those things, it may be a sign though, what I hear you saying is that we're, we've maybe taken our, our eyes off the communication a little bit and yeah. we need to get back at it. Oftentimes that's the case. Not yeah. always, but oftentimes always, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's simply a communication issue. Right. It's a, as you said, it's not as much about them not agreeing with your direction as it is about a lack of communication. Yeah, it wasn't part of the process. I didn't hear yeah. how we got to where we got. One of the key things that we almost have almost always done when we make a pretty significant decision is we'll release a frequently asked questions sheet that we put with it because we go, here's all the questions we were thinking about and hearing from you and wrestling with as we made this decision. And people go, wow, those are those are really good questions. Oh yeah, I did have that question too. Here's the response to it. So trying to be transparent when when there is a big decision uh, and having resources that people can go and, and look at and review and go back and listen to the message. I preached about that a couple of weeks ago. You're going to want to hear. It was so, so much fun. What's coming up? You can't wait. Yeah. If you would just listen to me. <laughs> That's right. If everybody would just... Listen to what I say and do what I go, say to do. It would be great. Go back and listen to me again. Yeah, go listen. Because clearly you don't understand. You didn't hear me. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Um, I would say another red flag. And I don't know if you get this way, Jesse. I don't know if this is unique to introverts. But for me, it's you start avoiding people or your exposure to different groups in the church. Jason, that would never happen to an extrovert, <laughs> ever. 
<laughs> no, of course it does. In fact, in some ways, maybe for an extrovert, it's so antithetical to how we normally operate that it, maybe you can notice it more even. If you're avoiding people, hey, what's going on with that? Why? When you saw that person coming down the hall, did you turn left and go through that other door instead of walking right down and having that conversation with them? Um, man, yeah, this is a really good one. And there are just some times where you know the energy that, <laughs> that you're going to have to put into that. And you're like, do I really want to do that right now? I know. Um, and it's tough because it's yeah, actually, it it's be fake. It, it's fake peace, it right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's just, well, I can't deal with that now. And you do, you can, you want to deal when it's appropriate. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, I just don't want the conflict. And we think just because the conflict isn't happening, that there's no conflict. Yeah. It's actually yeah. <laughs> it's, getting progressively it's worse. Well, and for me, it's not always just conflict and to be careful. I know, I know some of my folks listen, so this is none of you that listen. <laughs> None and none, none of our of churches, you. none of our all churches. of our previous churches, but we do have a few long talkers at Marine View who I love incidentally, but who sometimes I'm just not up for it. And yeah. so, um, that's, I don't think it's always just to do with people that we don't see eye to eye with, or in, potentially would have disagreements with. I think sometimes it's just the people that kind of drain us a little bit. Maybe yeah. always, there's always an issue that they're that's really pressing for them or or they just have lots of really long stories to tell. And do I have the time and energy to, to do that? And again, you got to have boundaries. You got to know how to navigate that stuff. But if you find yourself uh, avoiding people, uh, looking for opportunities out of conversation rather than into conversation and things like that, um, I do think that's something to pay attention to and go, what is that about? Why, why is that the case right now? My colleague, uh, Pastor Teresa, always says, we get paid to love the people. And if we're not loving the people, something's wrong. Like, <laughs> pay attention to that. Can't I just stay in a room and write a <laughs> sermon and work on some leadership stuff and do a podcast with Jason? Yeah, Wouldn't right. Wouldn't that be a lot not. better? Why not? Yeah. But so that that leads me, whenever I start feeling that way, it's to me, the the way of treating that is to get away. You know, yeah. get Make you sure I'm, space, t- I'm getting yeah. time away, not just, you know, for a vacation, but a, a weekly rhythm. Usually it means the rhythm's messed up or yeah. I need to just double down on it and say, you know what, th- this week I got to take two days off because I'm not good for anybody unless I get a little space and perspective. Right. Yeah. I think that's wise. It's just a sign that you need to kind of take a look and go, what's going on here. And sometimes for me, it's actually um, getting into this habit of not being engaged with people. And I forget how I forget Teresa, her point, right. And go, wow, actually it's really life-giving when I do go out for coffee with people, when I do stand in the hall and listen to a long story and I remember who I'm in this with. And so I think we can get disconnected from that. And it does take energy. It does take intentionality. Um, but it's important. It's, it's what we're called to. So yeah, some, maybe you need to get away or maybe you need to build a better rhythm in the week where you're you have those moments along the way, but it's not back to back to back or something like that. Well, it's easy. Sometimes, sometimes the work of being a pastor and I guess any job, but it could sort of um, devolve into a set of weekly deliverables and not about the relationships. Totally. Yeah. You know, and I think that's when things get a little out of whack. So maybe that's a red flag uh, mm-hmm. for folks who are experiencing that. Another red flag is. 
And this one's just very near and dear to me because I'm a dreamer. Yeah. You dream about greener pastures more than you dream about your own. <laughs> oh, That's man, a red flag, Jason, dude. Don't say that out loud. <laughs> I think you might be the only one. The only one. Yeah, yeah it's, um, I mean, clearly that's a sign that not all is well, right? That <laughs> yeah, it more can excited be, yeah. about thinking about somewhere else. Yeah, and I think it, it for leader types, you know, you it's something to pay attention to because there is this desire to be entrepreneurial, to lead, to innovate, to do things. And um, when you've been in a, in a particular organization for a while, you start to lose vision for where those opportunities are. Um, the, the reality of the grind of leadership and all those things are present. And so it's easier to think about what would it be like to go start over somewhere and start tinkering with somebody else's stuff and you know, you and I now, Jason, this far into our, our ministry and our churches where we are, the things that we're changing now are the things that we came up with six or seven years ago. Yeah. And it need hurts to be changed. And, and I'm like, I don't want to change my own stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go change somebody else's stuff and make it better. So there's a lot of reasons why this happens. And I do think as much as it might be a red flag, it's also something to pay attention to and go, you know, God, is this really something where you're helping me to begin to let go of this place and move on to something new? Or is this just me being tired and going, it would be easier over there because I can't see all, you know, the molehills and the broken whatevers from, from a distance, you know, other places look really great until you get in there and you go, Oh, well, there's a lot of problems here too, that need to be addressed. And so I think this it's something to pay attention to and go, is this something underlying that God is moving me toward or is this just me being kind of worn down and and tired in my my role here and for me the remedy is about uh vision mm-hmm. so if i can get into a process where we start thinking about what's something that god is putting on our hearts to do here in ministry that will usually lead to something that that rekindles that fire mm-hmm. and i start getting excited about where i am more than where I dream of being, right? Yeah. And if that doesn't happen, I think it's legitimate to think, well, maybe God's starting to detach me from this call and because maybe he's got something else for me. Yeah. But either but way, it, it's a red flag, right? Yeah, it's a red flag. And I think, you know, you're right when the vision piece that sometimes you have to create things to have vision around um, because that's how leaders are, are wired. You, you want to have something to pursue, to get excited about, to lead other people toward and, and maybe the vision is just coming back to your vision as a church yeah. uh, and, and your mission is saying, don't you remember, this is what we're about and reminding yourself even of what the, the purpose is. And so, um, yeah, I, I like that remedy or, you know, I don't know if it's a remedy, but it definitely can counter some of that, that wandering eyes towards greener pastures is let's get a, a powerful, compelling vision for where I am. And, uh, that, that can help a ton. And then the last two are kind of related. Uh, So number five is you opt for following the routine instead of making decisions that need to be made. It's like, because you can hide out, you can coast for a while as a pastor. Um, There'll be fallout for that, but you can theoretically coast. And if you find yourself coasting in routines instead of doing what needs to what you know needs to be done, I think that's a red flag. I think it's yeah. a sign that not all is well. 
I'd like to table that until ne- next month's leadership meeting, if we could do that. <laughs> That's right. Just kick it down the road. No, I do think that that is true. When you um, And there's a reason why we have decision fatigue, right? We're worn out on decisions and uh, all that kind of thing. But if we're to a point where we just kind of put our head do- down, are kind of doing the routine, the minimum, not pushing for new things, not make, being decisive about issues, a non-decision is also a decision, right? We, you know, it, when you ha- see a, an issue with a staff team member or a volunteer or uh, something that's coming up that needs to be addressed, but you choose to just let it go and let it keep going, that's also a decision. So, yeah, I think this is this is a good one to raise uh, when we're kind of hiding from the decision responsibility of our role to make decisions uh, in the context of what can be pretty compelling routine. Like I have a sermon to write. I got a Bible study to lead. I got a whatever the fill in the blank with things that we can fill our, our week up with. Even yeah. going back to time with people, we can fill our week up with time with people and use it as a pretty nice buffer to say, well, the reason I didn't make a decision this week about whatever it was is because I, well, I was at coffee with people and I didn't have time to yeah. think about it or whatever. Yeah. And, and then, and then the last one is, uh, and this you had talked about, uh, before we hit record that, uh, I think came from Carrie Newhoff and that's, you noticing growing indifference. Yeah. That's tough. When, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a, there's a little bit of me that I think you need to, as a leader, hold some things lightly and not to have too strong of an opinion about some kinds of things in the life of the church. Like you know, um, you need to delegate authority and trust your people and be okay with the decisions they make. And so it's not that you don't care, but you really are okay with what they do. So it's, that's different than indifference. Indifference is, is is like, whatever, just that's fine. Do that. And in your, you're saying without saying it, I just don't care. I don't yeah. care. Just don't bother me with it or don't I've bring given it up to my caring. plate or I've given up caring or yeah. I just don't have it in me to care anymore. Because I've been wounded too much. There's too many conflicts going on. I'm, I can't avoid everybody all the time. And there's a greener pasture out there somewhere. And so I'm going to hide in my routine and just detach from caring. And man, you start to pile those things onto each other and you go, yeah. something, something's got to give there. So, um, yeah. Have you ever experienced that where you just kind of get a, a growing indifference and you're like, I just, I don't know. Yeah. And, but it's, but for it, for me, it's like not even really indifference. It's, it's like, I've lost my fight. Yeah. That's, that's probably a better you know? dem- illustration of it. Right. I just, I don't have the will to, to keep fighting back or pushing hard. Yeah. Right. I don't have yeah. another punch to throw. I don't. I'm, I'm out. Right. <laughs> it's like, so I play Friday morning basketball with a group of guys here. We've been doing it for almost 13 years now. I was going to say, it's been a long time now. It's been a long, long time. It's a fun group. It's changed over the years. But I got to say, as we've kind of gotten back into it, we were wearing masks a lot while we were playing. And so I, it, it's, that's hard. It's hard to play basketball in a mask. But by about the third game, I would just, when I'm playing defense, I would just, sometimes I just let the guy go by me because I was just so, <laughs> I was just like, I don't care. We're going to lose, but I got nothing left to give here. So what can you do? And and then you just shrug your shoulders and sort of indifference to it because because you're so spent, right? So I think that's where indifference comes from. It's not because we don't care. It's it's like, I just don't know if I can can keep putting myself into this as fully as I once did. 
Yeah, that, that was good. That was a good way of framing it. It's like LeBron James it doesn't, doesn't play defense. But uh, anyway, Ouch, yeah. <laughs> well, pastors, again, th- there are lots of different red flags that could catch your attention. Everybody's a little bit different, but I guess the point of this is pay attention and a red flag or multiple red flags does not spell doom no, for you as a leader. Yeah. In fact, give yourself the gift of restoration. Give yourself the gift of noticing these things and doing something about it, doing something healthy to help bring you back into equilibrium. Yeah. And and if in real time, you can't immediately drop everything and get away, right? Even sometimes for me, putting something on the calendar a month or two away from now to look forward to, I know I can get a, get a break soon. Even that can be reviving. So that res- restoration, time to connect with colleagues, you know, all the, all those things. Are, I think are crucial. So Jason, I appreciate you raising these, these red flags. And um, was this like an intervention for me? Is that why you brought this up or what, what was going on? No, it's just, it's funny. I was just thinking, you know, everybody right now is very emotional. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a short fuse and doesn't take much to light it. So I thought it was a good time to address this because I know there are a lot of pastors out there. And I personally know of some pastors that are just struggling right now mm-hmm. with, um, a whole bunch of things that are going yeah. sideways because yeah. of everybody's emotional state. Yeah. And I would add one, just last thought. Um, we've been hiring a couple positions here at Marine View. And one of the questions we've added into our, our queue for discussion with our candidates is how do you know when you're stressed and what do you do to de-stress? Um, how do how do you handle that? And, uh, it was really fascinating to hear people's responses and, um, what I, what was consistently showing up though was, I, I notice it because, and they would have whatever reasons they would notice it, but people were always part of the solution in some way. And then something they enjoyed doing or they found yeah. relaxing was part of the solution. And I feel like that's the case here. When you have good colleagues to process things with, and when you find things, either time to get away and be restored or just something that you enjoy, that's a healthy distraction from the grind of leadership. Those are good things. So mm. hope you guys are finding that stuff. Uh, Jason, I appreciate this intervention that was helpful for me to think about red <laughs> flags in my leadership. And no, uh, hope hope this is a useful conversation for everybody. Well, blessings, everyone. As we say every week, ministry is hard, but it's so much better when we do it together. Take care. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Reclaimed Leader. Join us next time for more insights, interviews, and resources to help you in your leadership journey.